and welcome to the Taste Uber Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. Being sheltered in place due to COVID-19 has presented a unique and unusual challenge to continue to conduct conversations with artists and industry insiders. One of the benefits of being isolated is taking time to do some housekeeping of computer audio and video files. I literally stumbled across what you will hear next, my very first on-air radio interview in 2011, and it was a precious one, with Grammy-nominated songwriter Iris Dement. Iris and her husband Greg Brown were coming to Kansas City to headline a fundraising concert in support of a local nonprofit's child services program. Iris, born in Paragould, Arkansas, is the youngest of 14 children raised in the Dement's Pentecostal household. As you will hear in this conversation, Iris's mother had harbored dreams of going to Nashville and starting a singing career. Although she put those plans on hold to get married, her singing voice was an inspiration and influence for her youngest daughter, Iris. Iris spent nearly 20 years in Kansas City, played her first open mic here as she slowly but surely navigated her way into the musical family that has become known as Americana music. Perhaps best known for her song, Our Town, and her duets with the legendary John Prine, Iris's body of work deserves close and focused attention. It runs the gamut with songs of love, redemption, religious skepticism, introspection, small town life, and protest with topics as diverse as sexual abuse, religion, government policy, and warmongering. Iris could not have been more gracious and kind in this interview, conducted very, very early on a Tuesday morning. I have been and always will be a fan. Enjoy this short but lovely conversation with Iris Dement. Everybody is wondering what and where they all came from. Everybody is worried about where they're going to go when the whole thing's done. But no one knows for certain, and so it's all the same to me. I think I'll just let the mystery be. I think I'll just let the mystery be. Let the mystery be, Miss Iris Dement. And Iris, are you there? Hey, how are you? Well, I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm fighting some crud, but uh, I wouldn't miss this for the world. I'm so excited about this concert that you and Greg are doing this coming Friday at the Folly Theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that you've uh, talked to Mark Manning on air about it during his show, and also the Full Killer Folk Show on Sunday. Yep. But for those listeners that may have missed both of those Colin interviews, um, this is a fundraiser for the Saint Mark Child and Family Development Center, and you and Greg are a member of that church, and Reverend Sam Mann is your pastor, and if you could tell our listeners a little bit about the connection that you have with that uh, facility and, and why you're going to be doing this concert this Friday at the Folly. Years ago, when I lived in Kansas City, um, I uh, was listening, actually, to KKFI one morning, and I heard an interview. might have been you with Sam Mann. It was uh, a female who was interviewing him, and I was just kind of listening with one ear, and he started saying some things that just really worked for me, and, uh, you know, I'd grown up fundamentalist kind of churches. My mind and my way of thinking had ventured pretty far away from that, and... uh 
I felt like St. Mark's was a place where I could go and feel, you know, that spirit thing without all of the um, nonsense, you know, the dogma and the exclusion of um, folks who didn't fit into some silly pictures. So it was a perfect place for me. I, um, you know, I kind of mix up all faith and no faith, frankly, some days, and I felt free to do that there. Let the mystery be. Absolutely. Yeah, I could sing that song in St. Mark's and nobody had bad an eye. So um, so it turned out to be a great fit for me and for my husband, Greg. Um, and one of the causes that St. Mark's was uh, affiliated with, and I don't know if you're aware, but it's an inner city church, and uh, they, uh, Sam Mann uh, was instrumental. Well, actually, it was, he spearheaded the thing of uh, building this child development center um, that is there for, you know, kids whose folks, frankly, you know, aren't rolling in dough. And it's a it's a beautiful facility and a, a place where the kids can come and be well cared for, fed well, and uh, in a creative environment, um, not a religious environment, to my knowledge, actually. It's, um, it's more about beating, meeting the basic needs, you know, and... Um, it's a, just a beautiful place, and Greg and I have supported it in our hearts for a long time, and now the opportunity came up to support it by singing and trying to pay some bills there. Like so many places like that, they're hitting hard times. And um, But as far as the show, it is uh, Greg, I'll sing about an hour, Greg will sing about an hour, and it'll be music, you know. We're not going to be doing a whole lot of talking about, you know, trying to raise money. We're going to sing and enjoy ourselves. But um, that, that's what that's what it's about. We're trying to help some kids. Well, and, you know, a lot of these local, um, I mean, there's a lot of competition for your charitable dollar. And sometimes when you make these donations, you're not really sure where the money's going to go. And It's in, all going to. In this particular yeah. instance, it's all going to this Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Every penny. Well, <laughs> kudos to you for coming into town. And we're, we're going to be the better for it is going to be this Friday at 8 p.m. Uh, at the Folly Theater and listen um, Iris I, I wanted to uh, ask you a couple of questions that I've gotten some from some friends of mine and, and listeners I hope you'll in, indulge me for just a moment oh, sure. um, one of the songs that we played earlier was a song called Mama, Mama's Opry and I know that you've actually performed uh, on the Opry stage was that song written from your personal experience and what was it like to actually perform uh, at the Grand Old Opry well that sure was written from my personal experience I wrote that Specifically for my mom, who, by the way, just passed away in August at the age of 93. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. My mother raised 14 kids. I'm the last one of her kids. And uh, she was her dream to go off and sing at the Grand Ole Opry. She's from Arkansas. And when she, you know, she was born in 1918. And that was one of the first, you know, sounds of access to the outside world that came to her. And that was those radio opera shows. And, um... She told me when I was a little girl that when we were listening to the Loretta Lynn album together in the living room, she said I could have gone off to the Opry. That's what she dreamed of doing. And that stuck with me. And when I grew up and started writing, that's one of the first songs that I wrote as a gift to her. And much to my surprise, you know, as I never managed, you know, to have a career, I guess, as they say, but I've never been a radio, you know, mainstream radio artist. That door has not been open to me. And generally, uh, those are the folks that go play the Opry these days. And just by some strange twist, I got an invitation to go there and sing that song. And, um, you know, it was thrilling uh, to be there in that room. But to tell you the truth, the thrilling part was knowing that my mom knew I was there. Oh, my goodness. Did you do it at the 
Ryman or were you at uh, Opryland? Well, I actually played at the Ryman a couple of times. Not, um, and I actually that song too. Come to think of it, but I I um, hang out this on the stage at the Ryman once with Merle Haggard. Believe it or not, I still can't quite believe that one. And uh, I did a show there with John Prine years ago. As far as the actual Opry show, you know, like the televised live from the Opry, right, right. You know, that you're probably talking about. Um, that was when I sang Mama's Opry, and I called my mom right away afterwards. Of course, her line was busy, and I knew what was going on. She was calling everybody she knew to tell them what was happening. And finally, when I did get through, I, I said, uh, well, Mom, what did you think about that? And you probably have to know my mom to appreciate this humor. But she says, well, you've done pretty good. And then there was a pause, and she said, but I could have done better. Oh, my goodness. You know, she was beaming. Let me you up. I mean, know it, she was. To feel like she must have been 85 then. To, she still had that sparkle in her, you know, like, ooh, she wanted to get up there. Well, how special it was that you were able to do that for her. Yeah, that's how it felt to me. You put that well. I, I was. I felt like I was doing it for her, and um, she gave me the music. To be honest, so it was made me very happy to give that back to her. We are talking to Iris Dement, and she is calling in from her home in Southeast. Well, I actually I called her, but she's home this morning. I hope we we didn't wake you up, but we're so excited about this concert that you and your husband Greg Brown will be playing this Friday night at 8 p.m. That's 11, 11, 11 at the Folly Theater. It is a fundraiser for the St. Mark Child and Family Development Center, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, for St. Mark Union Church. You know, Iris, your your career has spanned 20 years now plus, and that's that's not by happenstance. I, I think it takes some luck, lots of really hard work, but real talent to endure like you have, and, and your songwriting ability is well known in, in, in songwriting circles. I read in some of your liner notes that you don't write so much as you wait for the music to come to you, and I was really excited to read in Tim Finn's article uh, in the Star about you that uh, you've, you you do have some new music and you have been or going to be in the studio and and uh, are you at liberty to discuss any of that with us this yeah morning? yeah the music has started coming again and uh i just uh finished making a demo yesterday actually to send to uh bo ramsey who's going to produce my record yeah i'm going in in december and i'm the beginning of december and recording a lot of things i've just accumulated over the years and a bunch of stuff that's been coming to me very lately so i'm pretty excited it feels really good to have that you know that kind of life flowing again well we're excited to hear that you know other than the uh numbing price of gasoline (laughs) and perhaps the cost of raising a child these days what's the biggest difference that you see traveling the country right now performing versus maybe 15 or 20 years ago when you first got started you know people wise i don't see that much to tell you the truth i I never did you know it was funny when i first started traveling i hadn't you know hadn't been many places i'd always heard these stories people in this place are like that people in the other are friendly people here drive too fast blah blah but it amazed me almost instantly like how much we all have in common and how at home i started feeling anywhere i went pretty quick and um so that part you know people still people still want to hear something and be moved you know that's as old as time and um and i feel really honored and blessed to able to do that for some folks here and there and to tell you the truth to be able to do that for myself you know when I go out and sing I'm singing for me as much as I who you are people heck yeah (laughs) I couldn't do it if I didn't feel like it was coming back into me you know do you have a preference for the type of venue that you play I mean do you prefer the more intimate kind of open mic night sort of thing or I mean you've you've sung at at the Opry in in Carnegie Hall what's your preference oh you know I I um I it just 
just depends on the feel of the room, to tell you the truth. There are some big theater spaces that feel really warm, you know. The thing that I've noticed is when people are comfortable in the room, it doesn't really matter the size, but if the there's an atmosphere in the room that creates a comfort. You know, the person on stage singing can feel that, like a living room, you know. It, 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 I, 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 I would have to say overall I generally prefer a smaller, more intimate room. But I've had that feeling in bigger rooms, too, and not to just uh, do a sales pitch. I'm really not, but I... I've sang in the Folly before, and the Folly has that quality about it. I've seen shows in the Folly, and I, I love that room, so I'm looking forward to singing there again. Um, I would love to see you play at the new Performing Arts Center here in Kansas City. As, as, as big as it is, it still has a very intimate feel, and the acoustics are over the top. I would love to see you play that venue. So. Well, I've not been in there yet. I don't even know what size that room is. They what have is... several venues in there, and uh, oh. I think you'll be knocked out by it, and I hope that when you're in Kansas City here toward the end of the week, perhaps you can give them a call and ask them to give you a tour. I yeah. Think, I think that would be great. Um, who's still living you haven't worked with that you might like to work with? Wow. Uh, boy. You've had you some. I mean, you've, you've already dropped John Prine <laughs> and Merle Haggard. And... You know, um, I'll tell you, I, uh, I I don't really, this may sound sad to say, but the people that I, you know, looked up to who influenced me greatly, um, you know, I got to sing with Merle, like you said, and John Prine and Mila Harris. I'm getting to sing with my husband, Greg Brown. I've, no, that I've, doesn't um, happen very often, I've, does it? Amazing luck so far. So I don't, at the moment, there's really not one on my list, but maybe I need to fix that. We'll, we'll see if we can't come up with it for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, a musician friend of mine asked, what's your favorite musical instrument manu- manufacturer and why? I know that you've kind of, are you segueing to the piano more than the guitar when you play? No, I never really was a guitar player, to be perfectly honest. I I, um, I took up the guitar because I couldn't carry the piano around, and I managed to fool a few people with it. But I've always, the piano is my first love, and it's where I feel most comfortable so I do like 90% of my music now on the piano. And, uh, okay, my sales bid. <laughs> I uh, have a, I like Mason, well, I like lots of pianos, but I, I've got a old Mason and Hamlin, like a hundred-year-old Mason and Hamlin I really love. Oh, a hundred years old. Do you take that out on the road with you, or does that stay with you at home? Oh, no, it's a grand piano. It's an old, worn-out grand piano, you know. You can get those old ones fairly cheap, but it, ooh, I love it. It's got that old upright quality. Oh, it's got that, that uh, apostolic Pentecostal feel to it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can't get too far away from that in my sound, or it makes me too low. Uh, I, I love that. Iris, what's the first record you ever bought for yourself when you were a kid? Ooh, first record I ever bought. I don't even know if I can remember that because I had so many older siblings always bringing records in. I, I can remember each of those pretty clearly. I I do remember, uh, this may not have been the first, but I do remember buying a Jackson Brown record. Mm. My first job at Kmart when I was... <laughs> That's great. What about your that first? I've con- been at first, yeah. What, what, what about your first concert? What's the first concert that you ever were either you know taken to or went to with your girlfriends or whatever? I know you were you were brought up in the church, and uh, um, I've interviewed some folks that said their first concert was actually you know a gospel um, concert. Well, you know, I, I didn't in church. We didn't really back then. You know, the whole commercial church thing wasn't rolling along. We you know if you saw music church, it would be you know quartets. And got in their station wagon and traveled across the country and stopped at your church with their clothing rack bar hanging in the back seat. That was like the 
extent of the Christian music business. <laughs> you know, now they're in demise and big buses and everything else making a gazillion dollars. So, you know, I saw tons of that, I'm very grateful to say. But, um, wow, you know, I didn't really start going out until I was probably in my 20s, I'm trying to think. I remember my, boy, this is pretty uneventful, but I remember my sister maybe taking me to, uh, I want to say, the babies. <laughs> no, that's not what you're hoping to hear. You know, I hear, I never hear the same no. thing twice, and it's very surprising. I think surprising. I was at the high school auditorium yeah. somewhere, and there were these really cute guys up there. Well, there you go. I mean, around a lot. I've heard everything from MC Hammer now to the babies. So, what's in your iPod right now, or, or your on your in your CD player? I don't have an iPod. <laughs> CD player? Uh, yeah, I got a CD player. You know who I listen to a lot, and um, man, I know this sounds the suspect, but I'm I'm not kidding you to say my favorite singer and songwriter who I think is going to be around a long time is uh, Pieta Brown, my stepdaughter. Greg, Greg's daughter, yeah. Anybody who knows me knows I'm not a very good liar. I think she, uh, if she were not my stepdaughter, I'd be telling you this. I think she's a really gifted, soulful singer and writer. Well, our listeners will definitely want to uh, check that out. I know that she. Mm-hmm. Played a show here at the Crosstown Station some time ago, and that it's a high recommendation. Um, well, Iris, we want to thank you so much for co- um, sharing your time with us this morning. We are looking so forward uh, to this concert Friday night. It's uh, uh, I will I will be there, and it's a birthday gift to a dear friend of mine who's a huge huge fan. Thank you so much, Iris. Hey, thank you. Right. Enjoyed yeah. talking we'll to you. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. Bye bye. They say nothing good ever lasts Well go on now and kiss it goodbye But hold on to your lover Cause your heart's bound to die Go on now and say goodbye To our town, to our town Can't you see the sun setting down On our town, on our town Good night Go on now and kiss it goodbye, but hold on to 
my car They sleep up the street Beside the pretty brick wall I bring them flowers About every day But I just gotta cry When I think what they say If they could see How the sun's setting fast And just like they say Nothing good ever lasts Well go on now And kiss it goodbye But hold on to your love Cause your heart's bound to die Go on now and say goodbye To our town, to our town Can't you see the sun setting down On our town, on our town Good night Now I sit on the porch and watch the light Fly, but I can't see too good I got tears in my eyes I'm leaving tomorrow But I don't want to go I love you my town You'll always live in my soul But I can see The sun setting fast And just like they say Nothing good ever lasts Well go on I gotta kiss you goodbye But I'll hold to My love has my 